This episode of the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian division of the Cast Horse Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the Wings of Blue Cheese podcast and the Buffalonian podcast, with more shows on the way very soon. Find these shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit our website posted in the episode description. Now, without further ado, let's get into the latest edition of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. What is going on, everyone? My name is Evan Harrington. I am here with Joel Frazee for another episode of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast, episode seven. We are back a little bit, a little break, took a couple days off to try to, you know, figure some things out. And we're back here for episode seven. Uh, Joel, how are you doing? We're doing good. You don't have to sugarcoat it, Ev. I mean, I think I think we're just, you know, guys in our early 20s. Yeah. I'm in my mid 20s now, but. Uh, we're just busy, you know, and uh, yeah, just busy. Couldn't do, it, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it Monday. Wednesday didn't work yeah. out, so uh, here we are Saturday. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, something last night happened that I I feel like I have to uh, yeah. I have to bring up on the pod, um, and it's kind of a it's kind of a reason we got off to a late start here, um, but last night we uh, we were out on the boat. And uh, we were kind of just cruising around. Uh, we wakeboarded a little bit, and then the sun started going down. But we were like, you know what? I don't, we don't really, we don't really mind. We'll turn the lights on the boat, and uh, we'll just hang out. You know, we'll just hang out. Next thing you know, it's like maybe I'd say ten, ten fifteen, and it's dark out. It's 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 you know basically pitch black. Um, however the lake that I'm on here kind of has a, um, kind of has a uh, city, like the city of Monroe is like right there. So there's a lot of lights that kind of protrude out. So it's not entirely pitch black, but it's still like, you know, it's still pretty black. And um, we're hanging out out there and we're like, you know what? I think it's time to go in. Like we're going to go in. We might go out. Um, You know, it's Friday night. We can hang out more in the house or do whatever, but it's time to go in. So what is, what happens? I look down at my little console thing because I'm, I'm driving the ship and what, what happens? I hear a beep, low voltage, low voltage. And I'm like, oh no, like we're in the middle of the lake looking around. Everybody else kind of heard it, but the music was loud. Long story short, boat battery died, <laughs> and we are in the middle of a lake. It's probably 200 yards in, probably 200 yard in, um, or out, I should say. So what do we do? I have to tend to the boat. I have two of my best friends proving proving that they are my best friends. They swim. They grab the life jackets, and they swim all the way in and grab the jet ski, bring it out, and tow us in. But... I'll tell you what, it took them probably a good 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to swim. And they said that they were bagged after it. They were hands on their knees, just hyperventilating <laughs> um, yeah. after. So I that last night, that happened. Shout out to my friends that swam about 200 yards. Um, couldn't, just an absolute crazy experience really all around. Uh, so... That was, that was, that's like, uh, probably the most recent news that I have. And also I will say within the next three hours or no, I can't say three hours. The next, within the next four hours, I will be playing Alex to in a three on three little tournament. And really? I'm going to tell you right. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm terrified. Like <laughs> I do not want to be on the same ice sheet as him he is going to completely embarrass me so that's uh that's that's basically what's going on with me but i mean that's got to be uh pretty interesting right you say last night that 
you have all that happen to you and your yeah. buddy buddies on the boat in the middle of a lake and yeah. then not even 20 hours later you're turning around and you're about to play arguably the next star of the detroit red wings oh yeah i would say so I mean, that's um, that yeah. doesn't get much crazier than that right no it doesn't um yeah back to back quick quick turnover and i'm doing a podcast right in between so yeah um you know i mean it's it's just a it's wild and jordan osterley is on that team too um, okay so he's he's also another player on the red wings um but uh and then to brother who played pro for like a few years <laughs> he's on the team yeah. uh is that just the so, three of yeah. three those guys <laughs> no it's just there's, there's a couple more too no there's a couple more yeah. uh but those are like the notable names and then for our, our team it's basically just a bunch of low level pro guys a couple coast guys and a couple sp guys but uh yeah but yeah it's uh it's kind of that's gonna i think that could be a pod episode in itself we're gonna have to maybe <laughs> run an emergency pod episode right after and just talk about the entire experience i know i know well i was thinking about it i might um i might get, put something on our intro i might yeah. put something on the insta story when i get up there i might uh just be like hey dude you want to come on the pod <laughs> shoot my shot with them you imagine dude, i'd put dude, us on the shit. map right I mean, honestly, like that would be awesome if you can do that. But like, dude, bring like uh have someone either like just record you, follow you around, or like get a GoPro or something just for this, you know, just something small, even if it's like just a minute long. I think like that would be pretty be cool. No, be it pretty, would be fun. Pretty good content. It would be fun. Yeah. So I uh yeah, I couldn't agree more. So yeah. So awesome. Evan, what's That's um really cool. what's going on with you, man? Yeah. Um so Within between the last episode and now, I mean, nothing really crazy has happened to myself. I mean, I've done a couple of fun things, uh, just kind of wrapping up the summer. I mean, I went to uh, Flo Rida last week. Uh, then I went to Nickelback. That was a fun concert. Um, then yesterday, uh, I was up in Toronto for the day uh, with my pops. I was, uh, went to the Toronto Zoo. Uh, and then I went to WWE Friday Night Smackdown to watch... Uh, Edge versus Sheamus and his mm-hmm. uh what he said was final ever match in Toronto. So that was pretty cool. I went up there. What tickets weren't too bad, got a good view, uh, price wise. So it was a good experience overall. But you know, that was really just like the over the last week, I'd say those were some of the bigger things that I've done. Definitely. Um, nothing else crazy though. I mean, just really getting ready for the junior junior year of college. Uh yeah. you know, obviously, you know, Boston State hockey coming around the corner and uh everything else but you're a veteran now you're a veteran I'm now vet- you're i am yeah and after this next semester i guess i'll be a seasoned vet so yeah but yeah that's true so t- talk about last night though yeah the smackdown so yeah talk about smackdown a little bit um if anyone doesn't know uh i watch a little wwe here and there uh but honestly been the only thing really on tv it's been crushing the ratings of everything else and uh and uh, I saw that uh, SmackDown was coming to Toronto, and I was like, all right, only about an hour 40 away from Toronto, and why not? I'll go up. Tickets weren't too expensive, and the big uh, main event of that match was Edge versus Sheamus, and obviously those are two of the uh, wrestlers I watched all throughout my childhood. Uh, and obviously uh, the rumor was it was Edge's last match on his current contract, so it could be retirement for him. I was like, if I'm, if I'm going to ever, I've never seen edge live. So if I was ever going to see edge, um, live, this is it. Like, you know, it's one, it's now or never. Um, so I saw edge live and the, the crowd was awesome. I, I am not a Toronto Maple Leafs guy. Um, but I have a shirt over here, Joel, I'll send it to you like picture off screen. Like I bought an edge themed Toronto Maple Leaf shirt. I only really? bought it because it's edge. Like I, it has the Maple Leafs logo on it. I'll wear it, but like, I only That's bought it because of edge. Yeah. I'll only buy it like because of edge. And like, he's just, is awesome. Just the aura and the energy that he brought to Scotiabank arena and the fans went nuts. It was a packed arena wall to wall, 20,000 people. I mean, everyone was there, um, and it, it was great. Like again, I'm not a Toronto Maple Leafs guy. I'm not a huge Raptors guy, but you don't man, have to defend yourself, man. It's a cool awesome. experience. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool experience. Yeah. The only time I'll be in that arena cheering is uh, uh-huh. is either for that or maybe for like the Warriors or if the Bandits ever play there ever again. But and the Sabers obviously too. So um, 
yeah, that that was my experience there. And also Ray Mysterio was there too, so that was pretty cool. That is really yeah, cool. Obviously, Ray Mysterio. It was a cool ex- cool experience. I haven't heard that name in a while, but yeah, no, this I know. Is, he's the United States champion. <laughs> he's I mean, a champion at, again. Like that's that's so cool. And like you like you were saying, the tickets are cheap. They're only like forty bucks or whatever. Yeah, that's a really bucks. cool. It's a really cool like thing to do if you don't mind driving the you know the hour and a half, hour forty. Given yeah. the the uh, the traffic on the bridge, right? traffic was bad back. Then. Was it? Was, was it? Uh, yeah, because there's a bridge um, in between Toronto and Hamilton that yeah. goes over the water. Yeah, and they had three or four lanes shut down to trap or due to construction. Yeah, and there was only the left lane open, so it was one lane of traffic with all those people coming back from Toronto. It was just, it was just a show. It was a show. Um, and the traffic, like Toronto traffic is crazy. I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. like those, those guys, those guys put on a show while they're driving up there. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, so it's wild. Yeah, it is. It is wild for sure. The 401, so, the 401 is a complete mess. So I lived up in Canada for two years, right. And they, uh, we just, uh, that was the only way to get up. There was basically the 401 coming from like Detroit, you know, where the yeah. bridge is here. And, and like, it was I just remember vividly there being it's a five five lanes across like right so you have five you know going uh, I guess technically it's like north like north um, northeast and then you have you know the other going southwest and it's just five lanes on each side and at any given time it can just be like non like traffic just stop and go stop and go and yeah it, it's it's miserable but the 401 is a is a complete mess but yeah yeah anyway let's let's dive in let's dive in yeah. we got a lot to talk about today yeah so obviously before we get into anything yeah. uh particular into this episode um i think uh what you know we should talk about first is uh celebrating the the life of uh Rick Jenner at uh Buffalo Sabres uh, play-by-play announcer um, for over 50 years. And uh, obviously the news hit the other day that RJ passed away at age 81, mm-hmm. um, went to the very end, um, you know, just retired just, you know, just a little bit ago. He, you know, always was seemed, always he was doing was play-by-play for the Buffalo Sabres and he did what he loved and he did it to the very end just about. Um, and when the news hit, uh, it was around, and it had to be around 10 o'clock at night the other night. Uh, and I was sitting on the couch watching, I think, just that, that football highlights. And my, I just get a Twitter notification report. Rick Jenner at RJ passed away at age uh, 81. And you get that news, and it's just absolutely just devastating and, and horrible, obviously, for not only, you know, his family, his surrounding loved ones, um, but for the, you know, obviously the organization, the Buffalo Sabres and just the city of Buffalo um, and the hockey world in general, uh, because Rick Jenneret obviously has meant a lot uh, to to people's households over the years, to the Buffalo Sabres, obviously, um, people listening on radio to the games over the years, any, any way, shape or form, how people have been impacted by RJ, everyone felt it um, and like took a minute and like really just hit them, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, before I get into it um, for myself really quick, um, Joel, obviously you were in Buffalo for two years, uh, obviously coming over to play for Buffalo State. Um, you grew yep. up watching a lot of hockey, obviously with the Wings, and I'm obviously I'm sure you've caught in a couple RJ broadcasts, but what has RJ meant to, like, just to you watching hockey from a distance and then coming into Buffalo and kind of being able to pick up uh, what he really meant to the city of Buffalo? Yeah, no, that's 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 – a great way to word it. I, so obviously I can't do it justice because I'm not, you know, I haven't lived in Buffalo very long um, or I didn't live in Buffalo very long, but I, this, this guy has clearly kind of shifted the culture for Buffalo. He, he gave a voice right to, he, he put, he was the voice of the Sabres. Let's be real. Um, and he just had a, he had the community in his, in his grasp. I think, I think he was a very, like uh, a very important figure when it came to 
or in terms of being a Buffalo Sabres fan. And he had, he meant a lot. And I, I'm shocked because I, the retirement thing was, was huge, right? Like I was there for that. Like we weren't there in the rink, but I was living in Buffalo at the time. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, this, this clearly, this clearly, you know, means a lot to everybody. And I knew he's been doing it forever. And I knew he was a legend. Like I grew up like whenever you saw Sabres highlight, you heard his voice. And, um, he, he had a couple, he had a, he had a couple sayings that like he, you know, he coined and those are his now and they'll forever be his. Um, and, but like the, the way that the city celebrated him was really, was really eye opening to me. And it was a really, really cool touching kind of thing with all the, with all the social media posts, what they did at the games. Um, he, he means a lot to everyone. Um, I, and, but I'm baffled by like he just retired i mean this is this yeah. is he you know you're supposed to you know this is cruel um he should he should have you know it, it's really yeah. sad that he wasn't able to enjoy retirement um you know yeah. as long as he should have but um you know it just prayers out to his family uh prayers out to everybody um it's he's this is you know this has to be a tough time i mean i'm sure the family I like I, I was kind of gonna ask Ev like is this like a did they say anything about it being sudden or was this was was something going on? Well, um, obviously over his time, um, Jenner uh, had a two year battle with a uh, you know organ failure, okay, uh, multi organ failure. So that was kind of uh, something that was taking place okay. um, over the last you know little bit here. So you know that was that was something that you know really was affecting RJ's, um, you know, yeah. health and, and, and stuff. So, okay. but yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, talking about RJ and like you bring up RJ night and the thing with that, the thing that I think yeah. really hit the most with that city was that year there was no fans in the building. Very few yeah, for many games. But when RJ night took place, um, that, that, that arena was, was packed. It rejuvenated you know, the fan every, base a little bit, I would say. Rejuvenated the fan base. I think that really restarted a lot of hope in the Sabres yeah. fan base for what this team could be. And and it was all centered around yeah. the guy above section 320, the section I sit in, Rick Jenneret, um, the play-by-play announcer for the Buffalo Sabres, obviously yeah. having his night celebrated there and celebrated there. And I'm just glad that he got his uh, – his, um, uh, banner in the rafters. Yeah. Uh, so that was awesome. Glad that got to happen. And just, you know, one more thing, like what, what RJ is kind of like meant to myself, like as yeah. you know, someone getting into broadcasting, like yeah. obviously when, when, when you look up to, you know, people or surrounding figures in the area, RJ is one of the guys you're going to want to go to, um, you know, for advice or just watching him and, and seeing the professionalism and the, the way he carries himself. Um, just on a TV broadcast, on a radio broadcast, whatever it is, um, yeah. you want you want to you know pick that guy's brain. I mean, he's done it for so long. He's a legend for it. Obviously, all the calls that he's had, whether that's May Day or you know the Pat LaFontaine ones, or yeah. even more of my childhood of the Sabers watching, whether that's you know calls of Ryan Miller, Jason Pominville, Thomas Vanek, Tyler yeah. Ennis, my favorite Saber growing up. Um, even though we didn't have you know, the longest time with the guys like Jack Eichel, Ryan O'Reilly, Vander Kane, I'll always love those for Sam Reinhart. Those Sabre days were awesome. Um, and the last one, you know, the, the game winning goal against the Blackhawks in his you know, final call ever, uh, yeah. Casey Middlestat scored. I was going to mention that that has like, got to be one of the coolest parts of the story for sure for him. Yeah. It's just like that, like that call, no matter what, like, it's just, there's what a way to go out like on that, that game yeah. game winning goal in overtime against the Blackhawks and stuff like that. So, but you know, and then just one more thing on RJ, it's like just how, just how, just how great, great he really is. Like anytime I meet someone new, whether it's uh, a friend's parent or I, I, I haven't seen a family member in a long time, a distant relative or anyone really, I meet someone new and they always ask me, they're like, I've been like, Hey, what are you going to college for? 
And I'll be like, hey, I'm going to journalism and for journalism, I'm going to be a sports broadcaster. And you hear the word sports broadcaster and, mm-hmm. and they're so in awe, right? And they always yeah. go, oh, you're going to be the next RJ. And I, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, like, there, there, there's there's one RJ. There's only one Rick, Rick Jenner. At. There's, it's one of one. I'm, I'm glad for the for the hopes and high praises there, but <laughs> there's only one RJ. There's only one Rick Jenner. At. Um and he, he you just want to be one. half of him if you're half as good as, if you're half as good as him you're gonna be <laughs> like even just if you're a quarter yeah. as good as him or whatever right mm-hmm. i mean he just did it for so long he's such a legend uh not only in the city of buffalo but in the entire hockey world and everybody yeah. the other day when the news broke just just you know you know lost a friend right everyone yeah. lost a yeah friend because awesome. rj RJ was more than than just a play-by-play announcer. Mm. Um, he was the voice of the Sabers. He was a friend to everyone, whether that's coworkers or just yeah. people that he would work with once in a while over time. Whether that's hockey personalities, players, whatever, anything, anytime you could have been in contact with RJ, you knew you were getting the best of it. And yeah. it's a legend. You were getting it. The it's legend. A pass- and- it's a passing of a legend, but it was just yeah. it was too soon. It was way too soon, you know. Yeah, I just wish he would. I wish he was able to enjoy retirement more. Um, I wish you know that you know for his family too. This has got to be terrible for them. So prayers out to them for sure. Uh, it's just an incredibly. It was an incredibly sad couple of days there for Buffalo, and uh, you know, and like like Evan was saying, for somebody that's looking up to that kind of that kind of you know role in life and that kind of job. Like it's very hard to captivate a whole city and like, you know, and, and really have everyone respect and like you to the to that point. And it's it's an incredibly hard field to get to that level in, I think. So yes. um yeah, there's only a handful, right? Um uh, so and, and that not only was he like known by, you know, Buffalonians, but he was I, I mean, his voice is heard everywhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that he was, he was a legend and, uh, I'm sure that, uh, the Sabres will do a proper job of celebrating it. Yes. And, uh, speaking celebrating of celebrating, his already, celebrating his legacy, they're already doing a little bit of that, um, in front of the Sabres arena in alumni mm-hmm. clouds and they do have the, uh, lettering, uh, I did a see that statue of RJ yeah. and they are playing his, um, his best calls on a loop, his yeah. most famous calls on a loop, um, outside the stadium and, and fans have already, uh, went down and paid their respects, laid flowers. Yeah. Yes. Whatever Sabres fans have been able to do, um, they have done and not myself. I'll probably go down there later today and yeah. you know, check put it, it on the story, put it on the story for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a talk about, uh, Rick Jenneret, obviously, you know, very, very, uh, sad topic to talk about. Um, yeah. but you know, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit and what he kind of meant to myself and yeah. ask what he meant to you and just everything with the city of Buffalo. Um, but staying on the Sabres topic while we are on this, um, topic, um, got a little bit of Sabres news. Um, yeah. so first we'll talk about it really quick and briefly before we get into the bigger one. Um, the San Jose Sharks um, have added Ryan Miller and Thomas Vanek to their scouting department. Um, not only do they get one Sabres legend, they get two Sabres legends. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ryan Miller and Thomas Vanek, teammates of each other for a very long time. Um, but now they will be uh, you know, on the scouting department together yeah. uh, in San Jose. Uh, I mean, just, you know, you got any quick thoughts on it? Yeah, no. So the the official news is that Miller is going to be um, a goalie scout, and that Vanek is going to just be like a normal amateur scout, um, kind of floating around. Uh, clearly, this is an entry entry level, you know, scout position. Um, there's no doubt that they can that they have the uh, <laughs> have the ability to scout good talent. So, but unfortunately for being a scout you can't just give somebody the highest you know degree right away you gotta yeah. you gotta start from the bottom of the ladder um so yeah i mean this is um anytime you can add you know two legends of the game kind of t- 
to you know to the to your um, scouting department. I I don't see why you wouldn't, right? Um, San Jose is not a bad place to live either. Um, I don't know if they will. I don't know if they'll be based out of. I doubt they will. Actually, they probably are going to be at home. You know, wherever they are. I know. Um, I know Miller. I know Ryan Miller does have a house in Michigan. Um, in the yeah, northern, he also in the northern spots. So like he might. He's also be, got a spot out west too. Uh, okay. Yeah. See. So out like California. You just you float you float around. Obviously, you float around from you know spot to spot, and Vanek might be out east. You know, so it could it could work out really well. You know, they just they just fly in places, and you know they see you know hey this kid looks good, this kid doesn't. You know whatever whatever they're uh, whatever they're assigned to do and whatever they can find. But it's it's really cool. It's it's kind of odd that I mean you just don't see this every day where it's just too you know two guys that just so happen to play for the same team and were very, very good and very notable for that team, you know, just sign, you yeah. know, to, to be a scout or, you know, become a scout um, for a different organization. Yeah. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, Buffalo would be, uh, would be silly if, if they do a good job, which I'm sure they will. I think Buffalo would be silly to not try to hire them, you know, in the future. So yeah, this, is, sure. this is really good. This is really, you know, it's it's really cool kind of fun news. Yeah, and, and and you know when you talk about Buffalo potentially hiring hiring them down the line, like obviously Buffalo, I would say has found a very good scouting staff and yeah. you know has the ability to bring in good talent. Well, San Jose uh, needs it. Yeah, San Jose and needs it. Yeah, so right, and, <laughs> and and develop them and have them work out. But if you know for some reason, both Vanek and Miller both get to a point where they're very good at their job. And they might want to yep. turn the corner and help out the Buffalo Sabers. I'm all for it if that's something down the line. But you know, good, good for Vanek, good for Miller. Um, it's good to see, uh, you know, former Buffalo Sabers uh, going over to you know other organizations and, and, and uh, you know doing some great stuff. Um, but so the other Sabers news I want to talk about yep. is the Buffalo Sabers have traded. Right shot defenseman Ilya Labushkin to the Anaheim Ducks for a fourth round draft pick. No. Um, so we'll get into the news right away here. Uh, it's just a quick move, right? Yeah. It's nothing too crazy. It's not going to shift the the Buffalo Sabres roster um, for the present or for the future. It's just a move to create some cap space and honestly get rid of some of the defensemen that they have because the Buffalo Sabres were pretty loaded depth wise at defensemen. Um, obviously bringing in Connor Clifton, Eric Johnson, you bring in two other right shots. You already have Henry Okiharu. That's three right shots. Ilya Labushkin's kind of the fourth man out, right? And Labushkin in his mind, probably still, I can, I'm still able to play in a top six role on an NHL team. I'm not going to be sitting. So they probably had they some can. discussions about it. And they ended up trading him to the Anaheim Ducks. And this move um, inevitably created $2.75 million in cast base for the Buffalo Sabres. So great move by the Sabres, I think. You yeah. uh, you, you get a mid-round draft pick, uh, you clear cap space, and, and you're, you know, you're not having to deal with having they too didn't, many guys on your roster. No, you're right. They, they, didn't, have, they didn't have a whole lot of leverage, clearly. Um, I, I mean, I think I think Lavushkin is 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 much better than a worth of or worth much more than a fourth round pick. Yeah. Um. But clearly, the Sabers had no leverage here, and um, they were just trying to get something out of it. Um. And clear cap space in the meantime for a player that you know wasn't projected to be in their main, you know, in their main lineup. So that being said, I I, I like Labushkin. I think you do too, Ev. I mean, we're we're Labushkin fans. I liked him before he was even on the Sabers. I liked him in Toronto. Um, uh, but yeah, that this this is uh this is a great opportunity for him. Obviously, this is the player side coming out of me now, but this is going to be a great opportunity for him to go to a really young team, um, and really be able to kind of step in. I mean, I I I would assume that he's probably going to be top four in Anaheim. Potentially, there's there's a shot to do so. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't I, I can't mean, see it. Him coming over to Buffalo, I mean, he was, you know, right on the brink of being a top four guy here. The only problem was we had Samuelson, Power, and Darlene, and then well, yeah, you guys have right like the yeah, the Sabers have future. The the Sabers yeah. have a future. This guy is like a right now. You know, this is his yeah. prime right now. So 
Um, yeah, no, I, I like I like this move. I mean, I like this move a lot for Anaheim. Shoot, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, Buffalo. You're gonna you're in a, solid, a lot for sure. But, oh yeah, An- Anaheim Anaheim stole Anaheim stole him. Um, I think he's worth every penny of that two point seven five. Um, I, yeah, you know, and, I, I don't think he's a liability by any means, and he's he's gonna he's gonna add a little bit of uh, veteran presence, and he's gonna help out the young guys. But at the same time, he's gonna do his own job pretty well. So. Yeah, and I think the big thing here uh, for the Sabers was that they they were able to clear the cap space, right? And they didn't yeah. have to take any any money back, um, holding on to Labushkin. Yeah. You know, created created two two point seven five million dollars in cap space, and that might not you know seem like a ton, but over time yeah. that builds up when you are clearing cap space, and they still got a fourth round pick for it. Um, I mean, realistically, I'd rather the team be able to clear almost three million dollars than potentially just get like a third round pick and not be able to clear that almost 3 million. So I'm glad the Sabres were able to get a, a mid round pick, um, potentially use that down the line, um, potentially use that down the line for another trade or able to move up in the draft or something. Um, but then you're yeah. also clearing cap space because there's contracts, you know, about to be signed by the Buffalo Sabres. You're going to have your, your Rasmus Dahlins, your, your Owen powers, um, your Alex Tucks might get a, you know, another extension, maybe Casey Middlestat. Like there's guys in the Buffalo Sabres that are looking to get contract extensions um, or just a little bit of a pay raise. And, you know, this extra almost $3 million is going to go a long way um, when, when the salary cap team has to, you know, crunch those numbers. Um, So that's going to be it for the Sabres news, but we do have Wings news, Detroit Red Wings news. So, you know, just the other day, uh, I'll kind of line you up here, give you a layup here. The other day, the Detroit Red Wings had a trade with the Montreal Canadiens, and the Red Wings Wings received Jeff Petrie, and Mm -hmm. Montreal received Gustav Lindstrom in a 2025 fourth-round pick. So, Mm -hmm. Joel, obviously you're the Wings guy here. What does this mean for your organization and just what are your thoughts on the trade in general? So it's, I'm going to, I'm going to get the tough part out of the way first. You have, you have, um, the, the Red Wings are kind of going to be a meme for this and rightfully so. Um, the right now, like our, like the, the Red Wings D like veteran presence, right. For defensemen is Ben Sherratt. Jeff Petrie and Justin Hall. Okay. Like those names to anybody that's a fan in the NHL will, you're going to be like, how are they all on the same team? (laughs) That's what I thought. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like it's, 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 I understand why it doesn't look great. I understand. I get it. But like Iserman has said in his press conferences multiple times, that he brings in guys like not only for their play on ice, but for their presence in the locker room and for their, for their teaching ability. Okay. So you pair up one of these guys with one of their future studs that they want, like Edvinson or cider. And then the, and then the two that they drafted this, you know, this year. And I, I see, I, I understand it. I don't necessarily like it, but out of the three guys I mentioned, Sherrod, Petrie, and Hall, I like Petrie the most. So yeah, this one, this like this one doesn't hurt. Um, yeah, but but um, as far as the trade goes, this is what I see. Um, Lindstrom was never going to pan out um, in the Red Wing system. Uh, he was he was very very below average in terms of prospects. Um, and because of that, he was very expendable. And the fact that he is part of this trade is laughable. So you can say that Petrie basically, like Labushkin, was traded for a fourth round pick. Um and sense, yes. So it could um I know it's gonna say that Lindstrom is like, you know, it's it's Petrie for Lindstrom and a fourth round pick. But realistically, yeah. it's Petrie for a fourth round pick and Lindstrom is like just like kind of the throw in here. 
Um, the draft pick, oddly enough, is not the throw in here, even though it looks like it. So I, 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 I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Iserman doesn't like giving up uh, picks by any means, but I really do think that he's like, this is, this is worth it. The, the coolest, the coolest part about this though, without a doubt is that this is definitely going to be Petrie's final year. Um, he's definitely going to retire after this year. Um, there had been, you know, rumors about it before, but this is his coming home year. It works out well for him. Um, and he's, he's from Detroit. He's a Michigan native. Yeah. So this is, um, this makes a lot of sense, um, on a lot of levels. Uh, but the coolest part without a doubt is that his father played for the Tigers for played for the Detroit Tigers for, you know, 10 plus years. And, um, there's a post about it that, uh, they're going to wear the same number. Um, Nice. Dan Petrie wore 46. Jeff is going to wear 46 for the wings. So it's a cool little thing. He's coming home. We love to see that. He, he fit, if, if, if Eiserman says that he fits Detroit's mold right now for what he wants, then I trust him. Yeah. Uh, as a gotta fan. Trust, gotta, uh, what do you guys call it, Wings fans? It's the, the, the Weiser the plan. The Iser plan. Yeah. Iser plan. plan. Okay. Yeah. Plan. So, um, I mean, so yeah. It, I mean, it goes back to anything like the Buffalo Sabres do. I'm, I'm just really just going to sit back. And, yes, I'm going to probably critique one thing here and there, and I'm going to be a little skeptical or, or, or a little um, curious about why this move or that move was made. But yeah. I've only seen positive progression with Kevin Adams and Don Granado and the Buffalo Sabres, and, and yeah. I think you're kind of in the same boat yeah. um, with Stevie Y and, you know, the staff over with Detroit. Like, Yes, not every move's going to be A+. plus. It's not going to be a grand slam out of the park, but every move that EVY is trying to make or is making, like, is whether that's more fast fast progression with the franchise or a little yeah. slower progression with the franchise, it, it, the key word here is progression, right? Yeah. There is, there's, there's, there's progression. You see the progression. You notice the progression. Just one is it's going to work out, and uh, that's as a Wings fan – um, just like as a Sabres fan, you gotta be able to just kind of sit back and let the guys do their thing, or as people are saying nowadays, let them cook, right? Let him yeah. cook. Uh, yeah, um, really, let him cook, right? So let Stevie Y cook, um, just the same way. Let Kevin Adams cook, and uh, you know, you're gonna have a nice meal at five five o'clock, right? Um, so that's what that is in general. So you gotta let that guy cook. Um, so moving on now. We're, we're going to take a little step back here from the uh, from the NHL, yep. and we're going to go into the uh, NFL, right? So we're going to talk not only about the Detroit Lions, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but we're, mm-hmm. since we were just talking about the Wings and we were in Detroit, uh, Joel, we're kind of going to kind of stay here a little bit mm-hmm. um, and talk about the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, obviously they're actually set to be playing today at mm-hmm. one o'clock against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is a home game. Uh, the Lions are one in yeah. one preseason so far with two more games to be played. And obviously they play in under an hour. Um, it is reported that the Lions weren't going to be playing many of their starters today. But um, Joel, mm-hmm. obviously as a Lions guy, uh, what, what are you just looking from the Lions? Uh, not only um, through this preseason game in, in about an hour, but just through the rest of preseason in in general want to know baby um no i'm kidding uh we uh it's 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 preseason there's not really much to there's not really much to break down not a lot of starters playing um i don't even know if do any starters play in week three well it it depends it it really depends on the team um how they run things uh because because last week the the Kansas City Chiefs played Patrick Mahomes week one, uh, and even the week before, even the week one for the Bills, the Bills yeah. didn't play Josh Allen. So it it really varies how teams carry themselves throughout preseason. Every team has a schedule and a format and kind of a whole plan of what they want to do throughout preseason, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is. So. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Then, but um, uh, either way, so the Lions play the Jaguars at one o'clock here. And um, 
the Jaguars are they also won their first preseason game. Uh they beat the Cowboys. So love that. Love seeing that. <laughs> um but um but yeah, no, I I the, I think golf played golf played uh in the in, in week one. Uh Couple good, couple good catches. Uh, Jamison Williams, he got hurt eventually, yes. but he did make a really nice one-hand catch. I uh, love to see that. Uh, there's, uh, the, they look good. They look good. The fans are really excited. Uh, there was a couple, couple videos going around of uh, Lions fans making, you know, making, uh, making the whole organization look bad with how they were treating opposing fans. Um, but in the NFL, I guess you can get away with that. Hence the uh, Eagles and uh, <laughs> hence the Eagles and a little bit of the Bills. Um, so I, 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 it's loud in there. They might be. Uh, Dan Campbell went on the record and said that uh, they can't. That uh, Kansas City and who's the other team? So Kansas City and whoever else it is has a. Um, you know, they, they're going to have a run for their money this year because yeah. we might be the loudest, you know, we, as in like the fan base might be the yeah, loudest like the Browns um, maybe or the Bengals. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Both yeah. I'm not sure. I, there's, it was a post. I should have shared it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there, um, the, there's a lot of hype going on, um, with the lions and it scares me dearly because I've seen this every year for as long as I've been alive and competent. Um, and it's just, I'm scared because yeah. the lions always find a way to disappoint everybody that believes in them. And, uh, yeah. well, I'm going to, I'm going to be on again, that. you know, but, um, I'll be on, but hey, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be on that bandwagon this year. Right. Um, the, uh, the one thing I'll wrap up with, um, that I'm really excited about. And I meant, and we, I meant to bring this up weeks ago. Um, when, um, when we were talking, but unfortunately, um, we got so into the hockey and the lists and everything. It just couldn't, it just didn't have, there wasn't the right time. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. Um, yes, yes. I'm, I, I love this. Um, so what I was going to mention, and this is, this is a while ago now I can look up the date, but, um, they, they, they had him come to a practice or how, what is it called? It's a visit, a, a tryout kind it's of a tryout, or, sort of workout, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They, uh, they said, uh, yeah. Ari Mirov tweeted the lions hosted quarterback Teddy Bridgewater on a visit today per source. And like that, that was like really cool. I thought because like I golf is obviously going to be the number one guy for the lions, but at the same time, you know, you need a you need a competent backup that you can stick in there and like you know <laughs> you didn't you didn't throw in the towel right, um, you know like both uh both the Allens for Buffalo are, are I think they're they're a great mix I think they're a great you know what I mean obviously you're gonna yeah. put your faith and heart into you know Josh but hey like you need you need somebody back there yeah um so he so they they hosted him on a visit on July 24th and then they signed him. Then they signed him on August seventh, so not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I and I in the rumor right now going in is that he's playing today. Um, yep, so that would be that, huge. That yeah, I mean, it will. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see what he's got. Hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully he hopefully he pans out, man. Like it's it's tough, like being that uh, being that kind of athlete, and you know, kind of having the media against you, and you know, fans are against you. Because you know he was hyped up so much, and yeah, he was like he was a stud of a college QB, right? Like, um, so yeah, it's it's awesome to see that he's that he's back and that he's going to get this opportunity and that he's made the most of it up to this point. So I'm ex I'm excited and I love it. What do you, what do you think, Ev? You're the NFL guy. Yeah, so I mean, obviously Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, some of his more recent stints. Uh, you know, when I think of is Miami. Um. And obviously we had we had his time with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, um, I, I I think is a very competent backup. Um, I think his days as a starter are more likely than not over. Um, yep. If anything ever happened uh, where Jared Goff went down, um, I think if Bridgewater had to come in for one or two games, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that is going to be asked to play the safe game. Um, has the ability to make plays uh with his legs and also downfield 
Um, but, you know, you're also not going to get a guy that's going to go out there and single-handedly win a game by himself. I, I, I just don't think that is something you'll see from Teddy Bridgewater these days. Um, but you're going to get a guy that's had NFL starting experience um, as a backup. So I think that's really the best thing you can, can get out of a backup quarterback is starting experience. Um, and not every quarterback in the NFL has that. Very few, very far. So yeah. you're going to get that, and that's that's huge. That's the biggest thing for me right there um, with Teddy Bridgewater is his ability to have starting experience and also perform on the field. Yeah. But – agree more. Yeah. Is, uh, is that everything you got from the Lions? Yeah, no, I I don't have too much. I I, it's it's preseason. We're we're gonna yeah. we're gonna dive more into it and you know break break more things down. I feel like in the regular season. So yeah, on to the I, Bills. Yeah, I'm curious today if you guys uh, played Jameer Gibbs or not. Uh, you guys played him last week. He did all right. Uh, six carries for about like 20 yards or so. But you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how Jameer Gibbs uh, fares in that uh, Detroit backfield with uh, David Montgomery over there now. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. You guys got a nice little one-two punch that can really uh, work well for this offense. But speaking of offense and a very dynamic team, the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, um, we got through one half of you know the NFL teams that we talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Obviously, wings with blue cheese, Detroit and Buffalo. We are talking about now the Buffalo Bills, who are set to play in their second preseason game at six thirty uh, tonight in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, I'll get into a little bit on this self here. Um, Like, obviously, um, the Bills last week, week one of the preseason, beat the Indianapolis Colts 23-19 to with an absolute stellar performance from Matt Barkley going 14-15 for about a one or a buck 50 and two touchdowns. that was huge for Matt Barkley, really opening up the quarterback competition uh, for QB2. Uh, we saw some good things from the running back room. The running back room, I mean the starter, mm-hmm. uh, and James Cook looked really good there, scoring a touchdown on very limited carries. Um, and then obviously still some cornerback competition, and the defensive line looked pretty solid, and the more more aggression from the defense as well. Um, so that was, you know, a little things from last week that happened. But, you know, last week is last week. The attention is now on week two of the NFL preseason. And, and I'll get a little bit in here. Joel, I might pin myself up on the screen for uh, a minute here, go on to some solo Bills talk just for oh. about five minutes or so. Do that <laughs> go real for quick. it, man. Do, go that, for do it. that right now. Your world. Right. And we're just, we're just living in it right now, I guess, for the next five minutes. Um, so, obviously, the Bills are slated to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, at 6.30, like I mentioned. And some things I want to talk about that the Bills, you know, some, 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 so, you know, some, some key thoughts for the Bills here that I think, you know, some will be good coming into week two of the NFL preseason. Uh, first is the wide receiver competition, right? Obviously, we know the heavy hitters in the Buffalo Bills are Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, um, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. Um, but then, you know, when you really start, getting down the depth chart, getting down the depth chart for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we start talking about uh, guys like Andy Isabella, Khalil Shakir, et cetera. And I want to talk about Andy Isabella and, and his growth uh, with the Buffalo Bills over the last little bit. Obviously, he was a more of a late addition to the Bills um, throughout training camp. He was a little more of a late addition. Um, obviously a former second round pick with Arizona, you know, running a four, three speed, all the talent in the world, but just never really panned out with Arizona, but he's, he's come here and he was really under the radar for the first little bit. I would say, um, kind of dealing with more returning duties, um, stuff like that. But we saw little flashes here and there, uh, throughout the last couple weeks of training camp at St. John Fisher. And then really when it was leading into the first set for the first set, uh, of Bill's preseason games against Indianapolis, we saw him make plays. Um, and one play in particular was uh, was just a crossing out over the middle, um, and he took it and really showed his his speed on display. You know, creating yak and getting upfield after the catch. That was you know a lot of that was one thing that really caught not only you know Bill's fans' eyes but the eyes of Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, and a lot. I'm sure a lot of the Bills. Um, 
front office as well. Um, and now, Andy Isabella coming into week two of preseason has a lot on his shoulders now. And what I mean by that is where he, where can he move up the depth chart? Where can he move up the depth chart and try to solidify himself as a guy that could be a lock on this 53-man roster? Because, I mean, when you take a look at the uh, Buffalo Bills depth chart at the receiver position, right, I, we already mentioned – the guys, Hardy, Gabe Davis, Diggs, Trent Sherfield. But then there's some other guys in there, like Khalil Shakir, second round or second year receiver, fifth round pick last year. Justin Shorter, another fifth round pick this year. And then you got some other solid depth options like Keyshawn Johnson, Marcel Aitman, Denzel Patman. So those are some of the guys that you know, Andy Isabella is going to be, have to be competing with. And we heard Sean McDermott over his presser this past week that he's been, you know, very happy with Andy Isabella. Um, you know, Josh Allen loves Andy Isabella. Um, there's going to be more opportunities for Andy Isabella this week. And I really think if Andy Isabella goes out there with Josh Allen and the starters and just makes one or two plays with the starters – I think he really pushes himself as a 70% chance or plus more of being a lock for this roster. And I would be all for it as Andy Isabella moving his way up the preseason charts uh, here for the Buffalo Bills heading into week two of NFL preseason. Um, so another thing I want to talk about just for the uh, – just one more thing here before I come back uh, down – with with Joel here and not be solo screen anymore. Um is is the the middle linebacker battle, right? So obviously we know the battle at St. John Fisher beforehand was between Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard. Those were the two heavy hitters going at it, right? Um but Terrell Bernard kinda suffered an injury, suffered a groin injury. Um and he really kind of just slipped out of the battle a little bit just because of that injury. Um, in general, and it was really Terrell Dotson's job to really take and run away with, it felt like. Um, but Sean McDermott the other day, an impressor, said the middle linebacker position is kind of an area of concern um, as of right now. And it's been reported the last couple of days that, um, you know, another fellow on the Buffalo Bills, um, a veteran player, AJ Klein has made some plays and is kind of inserting himself in the starting middle linebacker spot. And if anyone knows anything about AJ Klein, um, it's, you know, he had his days under Sean McDermott in Carolina. Uh, he was brought here in a trade a, a while, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, obviously he's the more traditional linebacker, the more bigger, stout, defend the run. Um, clog up the middle type of linebacker um, and stuff like that. He isn't the greatest in coverage. He can play in coverage, uh, not as good as someone like back in the day. Back in the day, I mean, just a little bit ago, Tremaine Edmonds um, and stuff like that. But A.J. Klein has been making some plays, right? Um, so if A.J. Klein inserts himself today uh, and makes plays, whether that's with the starters or with the second team or wherever he's playing today, uh, you have a shot. AJ Klein has a shot to potentially be a starter at the middle linebacker for the Buffalo Bills because, again, this is a position that was manned by Tremaine Edmonds for five seasons. Edmonds had full command of that defense for five seasons. He was the main, main play caller at the middle middle linebacker position. And if you were going to put trust into someone to play that position, it has to be someone that McDermott is going to trust you know, play to play, down and down, et cetera. And obviously we, we know that he trusts AJ Klein. We've seen Klein play uh there before, uh, you know, in place for Edmonds, whether that's just uh, a one game injury or just some time off the field. We've seen it happen. So obviously AJ Klein is gonna have a shot to, you know, really insert himself here um in the middle linebacker battle. But it was it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, where things go forward with that middle linebacker battle. Um, 
so I'm at exit the solo layout here now. We're, uh, we're back. Um, I was going to talk a little bit more about the bills. Um, but uh, one thing I want to talk about here is uh, this this game is in um, is in Pittsburgh. Um, and I only want to ask you this is because um, obviously you're an athlete. You've traveled the country playing hockey um, almost your entire life. And you've probably been able to play in front of some of your hometown crowds um, once in a while, whether that was, you know, anywhere you've went. But um, the, the reason I ask this is because uh, this game is being played in Pittsburgh and the Sabre, or not the Sabres, the Bills have a player that is on their team and is very big in the media um, for obviously something that happened in January and played his first NFL game again the other the other week. Um, that's Demar Hamlin. He is a Pittsburgh native, played at Pitt. So played at Pitt. He's been coming back to his hometown um, and playing in front of his hometown crowd in, against Pittsburgh um, just in a few hours here. So, I mean, just, I mean, have you played in front of a hometown crowd? And so like, you know, what does that just feel, feel like? Just, uh, I mean, it's, it, well, it gives you, it just gives you a little extra energy, right? It gives you a little, um, yeah. gives you a little extra boost to, you know, go out there and kick ass, right? Like, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, they're obviously going to do a, a, a nice little welcoming, um, you know, yeah. segment for them, which is, which obviously is, is right and deserved. Um, was it the, uh, was it the NFL awards or was it the SBs or what exactly was it where they, they, they did a lot of, they did a lot of media coverage of them there too. Um, so um, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Both. Yeah. I know you're talking about, I think it might've been yeah. both. I can't remember Could've which one it was either the SBs or the NFL awards. Um, Either but way, they, though, they, they did the they they rewarded the um they gave the award to the uh, the Bills medical staff. I mean, there yes. was, they did a whole yeah. nice video on it. Uh, there was yeah, it was a lot of so uh, there's a lot of hype going into it. But hey, listen, like he you know Demar Hamlin, he is going to be focused on the game. He's got a task at hand. He's still you know he's still you know trying to make the not trying to make the team, but he's trying to move up. You know, like he's yeah. he's going to be um, you know he's he's by no means he doesn't want to be known as that guy. You know, he wants to be known for his football skill. You know, he wants to be known for what he does out yeah. on the field. So, um, you know, look, look for him to be, you know, to be a difference maker. Hopefully he, uh, you know, hopefully he's already been, um, you know, an extreme motivational, amazing story, you know, that's happened yeah, already, right. you know, after a tragedy. Right. Um, yeah, so he's January. things been, you know, that, this is going to be, uh, you know, a big test for him this year to see, uh, you know, this is just part of his story, part of his good story, part of his comeback story, I guess I should say. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, he's going to have a lot more yeah. eyes on him now, uh, for, for better or for worse. So, um, just, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll yeah. be good. I, I hope, uh, I hope, I hope that the home crowd welcomes him, which obviously we all know Buffalo will, um, yeah. But I, I hope that it I hope that it gives him a little uh pep in his step and he's good to go. Yeah, and you know the thing with the Damar Hamlin, like last week obviously was his first game back um yeah. Yeah. playing and obviously he's been playing within practice and pads and stuff like that. But really it's you know, it's the you know, the the first game flow, you know, getting the juices off and yeah, you know, he looked really good. He looked like one of the better players out there for the Bills. Um, making, you know, last week against the Colts, making key stops on fourth down, getting in there, tackling, and really playing the run run well. Um, yeah, DeMar Hamlin really looked good, and it's going to be cool to see, you know, just the reaction and the pop um, from the hometown crowd in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, him going back there and you know, playing in front of his hometown crowd and stuff. So it's going to be really good um, for himself and, and his family and friends and stuff to have that moment and share that. And obviously he's been in the media a lot. Uh, recently yeah. so again it's another it's another like stepping stone for him and the media is going to be there covering that and it's gonna be awesome to see um all the different interviews and the articles that are written about him um just about his story and his progression and growth so, like again uh it's an awesome story and that's going to continue there um inspiring it's inspiring it's inspiring uh, yeah but yeah it's inspiring um so yeah two more things i want to talk about for the bills here uh before we wrap up episode seven is uh the offensive line battle uh, between Osiris Torrance and Ryan Bates at the right guard spot. So obviously coming into the season, the Bills had an interesting task at play. Um, they drafted Osiris Torrance in the second round 
Um, but they already had uh, Ryan Bates under contract. Um, and he was the starter last year at the right guard position for the Buffalo Bills. And in coming into a season um, like that, it, it's kind of hard to make that transitional move. It's, it's do you commit to the to the rookie or do you play with the vet? Like what are you having kind of just work his way in? What do you do? Um, and the Buffalo Bills uh, in, in training camp, St. John Fisher, kind of going back and forth with, with Bates and Torrance. And we didn't really know what their um, what their plan was at first, but preseason week one came around, Bills versus Colts, starting offensive lineup there. It's Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, new free agent brought in, uh, Mitch Morse. And then you're looking at the, the right guard position. You see Spencer Brown at the right tackle spot, and you're like, that's not, that's not Ryan Bates. That isn't 71. That's uh, number 64. That is Osiris Torrance, the rookie. Um, getting first, you know, first team reps out there and, uh, you know, played well. Um, and, the, and the best thing with the, with the guard position is if you're not really noticing a guard out on the field, it's probably a good thing. That means he's doing his job. That means he's just blocking right. He's getting up to the second level in the run game. He's doing everything that he needs to do to – help out in the run game, protect Josh Allen or whoever he's protecting out there. Uh, and that certain time he's doing his right job. So I, I want to see another step forward in the progression from Osiris Torrance. And uh, I want to see him lock up the right guard job. I, I, I don't want any more of, all right, maybe we'll go back to Ryan Bates. No, this is uh, Torrance's job. This is the, the chance for the Bills to really plug in a day one guy, um, you know, a second round pick, go for it have the rookie go out. Um, and then my last thing here, uh, you talked about it with the Allen and Allen, but uh, it might be, uh, you know, JA 17 and Matt Barkley. Um, Matt Barkley might, you know, find his way into the backup quarterback position, right? Not the, not QB three might be QB two. Um, Kyle Allen last week didn't have his best outing. Uh, he threw a pick six. He went about eight for 15, threw a pick six. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Was his first game in pads with the Buffalo Bills in a new system, in a new playbook, um, playing with new guys. But at the same time, when you take a look at it, Matt Barkley went 14 to 15 for two touchdowns and 150. No. He had a, a, a perfected game. He's making the decision perfect. hard. He's gonna right? make he's gonna make yeah. the decision hard. I mean that's yeah. that's good. That's what you want. You want a competitive atmosphere for that backup QB spot. Um, but yeah, no, that I I always I mean, it, listen, you have you have Josh Allen at the helm, so like you know it, it's it's just minor news, right? But like yeah. at the same time, this is their livelihood, so uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be fighting. They're gonna be fighting for it, and you know I think uh, you you uh, so Josh played in. The uh, in game one, no, Josh, right? or you, Josh, you the, the starters, okay. Are so, I mean, so this is so you're so they're playing a quarter and a half today, yeah. The starters are and Josh, the starters are okay. So, I mean, yeah, so you're gonna see you're gonna see the intensity really ramp up between the two now. Um. Wow, that's yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I didn't I didn't know that Barkley had that good of a outing. Well, yeah, and, and the big thing here with Matt Barkley that I, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is not only that did Sean McDermott talk about how the quarterback two um, quarterback two spot is an open competition right now, mm -hmm. but the thing with Matt Barkley that he has over that Kyle Allen just simply doesn't is uh, longevity um, with the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, Matt Barkley's here been here for multiple number of seasons now. He's been under the Dorsey and Dable offense. He's had a, you know, enough time here to almost master the playbook. And he yeah. probably knows the playbook in the system just as well as a lot of the offensive coaching staff. And that's not a bad thing mm -hmm. to say. That just shows you the level of intelligence that Matt Barkley has on this system. He knows when to make the right read. He knows where, you know, where his X receiver is going to be compared to his Y when he needs to throw it. He need, he knows when to get off his 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 X look and go to his Y look or whatever you want to say. Matt Barkley knows the system in and out for the most part. Kyle Allen doesn't. And that's not 
Kyle Allen's fault per se. It's the fact that he hasn't been here as long. Kyle Allen has played in in a much more system, many more systems over the past few seasons than Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley has had the has had the benefit of the doubt of being here and being, you know, the second to third string guy behind Josh Allen for the last little bit here. And if Matt Barkley wins the backup quarterback job, I'm not mad with that at all. I think Kyle Allen is the more talented quarterback. I think he's got more upside, if you want to say that word. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you take a look at the quarterback, the backup quarterback position, it's not about upside. <laughs> it's about when if if Josh goes down or if anything happens to Josh, you need to put your backup quarterback out there. He isn't going to go out there and lose you the game. That's the thing with the backup quarterback. He's going to go out there and do every little thing right and just try to make the most of his opportunity and try to just keep you in a game and not lose it for you, right? If they, yep. if you if you happen to win the game as the backup, then you, you win the game. If you go out there and throw four 50-yard touchdowns, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're not, your job as the backup quarterback isn't, isn't supposed to go out there and do too much. You're not supposed to go out there and be Josh Allen. You're supposed to go out there and be the backup quarterback. Um, and Matt Barkley has done that, uh, you know, the few times he's come in. Uh, so that's what, that's, uh, everything I got, um, on the bills front. Uh, is there anything, uh, else you want to lay out there, Joel? No, I, I have, I have, I literally had like four or five things that I wanted to bring up and I got all of them. So so it's all you dude. Well, you give it, you're, you know, giving me the floor again. It is all me. Um, so that is going to do it for episode seven of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast brought to you by the Buffalonian. We kept Sports it short Network. for the fans today. We kept it short. We did. We did. We did. We did. That is true. That oh, is true. actually, you know what? I did lie to you. I did lie to you. I do. I do have a shout out real quick. Yes. Um, yes, yes. D3, D3 Hockey News. Um, they sent me these. And I love them. They're they're like golf poker chips. Uh, big shout out to them. They do a lot of uh, they do the dirty work for Division three hockey. Like uh, there's not a lot of coverage, right? Like uh, USCHO and all that. They uh, you know they make articles and whatnot. But um, the D three Hockey News, uh, those guys are awesome over there. Uh, I've talked to them a few times on a few occasions, especially when it came to uh, helping Evan run the. Um, uh, the the team account last year so uh shout out to them they've been awesome and uh they're doing they're doing god's work over there when it comes to division three hockey i know it's not something that a lot of people you know care and uh care about really with all the coverage and you know it's a division three sport right but um they're doing an awesome job of uh keeping it entertaining and and they have a podcast as well so um shout out to them and uh thanks for the chips boys Right. That's awesome. And obviously you can go follow them on uh, Twitter and Instagram Please. Uh, to go to go. So, you know, if you, if anyone's interested in keeping up with division three hockey, um, I mean, it's by far the best, the best platform, yeah. the best spot to, Without a doubt. to keep up with it. Right. So that is that there. Uh, thank you. Division three hockey. Uh, D3 Hockey News for sending that over Yeah, uh, for Joel. So that's going to do it for episode seven of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast um, brought to you by the Buffalonian Network. And um, that's it. Just want to say uh, thank you guys for always tuning in, listening. And uh, hey, social media is going to be ramping up very soon. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's on uh, myself for not getting that going. But we'll be there very soon. All right, yeah. everyone listening, watching, take care. Have a good thank rest you. of your day. Signing off.